No Ugly, Yes Please. No Ugly is created in New Zealand by a small, determined and innovative team whose mission is to eradicate ugly. It's inherent in the ingredients we choose, the products we create and our business values and behaviours. We are proud to be part of the global wellness movement, making a difference for the wellness of our people and our planet, right here from the cleanest, greenest country at the bottom of the world. No Ugly's range of functional beverages are scientifically formulated to get you back to gorgeous. With natural ingredients, they've created a truly functional range of beverages with proven health claims. And unlike any other health drinks, their entire line is low sugar but tastes amazeballs. Get back to gorgeous with No Ugly Skin and 10 grams of marine collagen. Detox, the hangover dream. Hydrate, like an isotonic rain in the desert. Libido, yes, yes, yes. Immunity, it's to live for. Sleep, sweet dreams. Focus, your personal laser. Gut, for shits and giggles. And now calm, it's like a cuddle from your mum. They have three different formats, 250ml glass bottles, 330ml cans, and now 100ml glass shots. No ugly? Yes, please. This is the I Quit Sugar podcast, Unprocessed, brought to you by No Ugly Wellness Tonics. Hi, I'm JJ from I Quit Sugar. And I'm Peter, founder of Goodness Me, which is your go-to good-for-you grocery store. We're here out of a deep desire to help you live your healthiest life. We've both been through health journeys which have been transformative in how we live our lives and approach each day. After learning how to manage my autoimmune condition through food and lifestyle, I realized that we live in a world where we are overfed and undernourished, but it can be as easy as some simple changes that can have a huge impact on how your body operates and how you feel day to day. I've also been through a very confusing and oftentimes overwhelming health journey which started with gut dysbiosis and developed into thyroid issues and now an autoimmune condition that I'm still learning about. We don't want you guys to go through what we have. It can be a lonely, overwhelming and often conflicting and confusing world. So we're hoping that these conversations inspire you to dig a bit deeper, cut through the noise and help you live a healthier life. Health is wealth at the end of the day. So I Quit Sugar are bringing you an eight-episode series where we interview some incredible people who have so much wisdom to share on different areas of health and well-being. It's our hope these conversations inspire you to take control of your health and live your fullest life in the process. This podcast episode contains conversations about mental health and eating disorders that may be distressing for some listeners. We recognise that these topics can be challenging to hear and we encourage you to prioritise your well-being while listening. If you or someone you know needs support, please contact Lifeline on 131114 or Beyond Blue on 1300 224636. Remember, help is available and you're never alone. Our guest today is Olivia Arizolo, Australia's leading sleep expert, speaker, author and coach. With an impressive nine years of study under her belt, Olivia's qualifications include a Bachelor of Social Science Psychology, Certificate of Sleep Psychology, Diploma of Health Science in Nutritional Medicine, and a Certificate 3 plus 4 in Fitness. Her expertise has been sought after by global brands such as Google, IKEA, Sealy Posturepedic, and Fitbit. Olivia's science-based sleep strategies have been shared with the media, consumers, and employees alike. 
She's a familiar face on the media landscape, having been featured in Forbes and a popular columnist in Australia's leading health media platform, Body and Soul. You may have also seen her on live TV, including Sunrise, The Today Show and Studio 10. But that's not all. Olivia's best-selling book, Bear, Lion or Wolf, has been published in 10 countries and 8 languages. Her mission to help individuals feel their best inside and out via sleep has truly gone global. So sit back, relax, and get ready to learn from one of the best in the business. Welcome, Liv. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. It's such a pleasure to be here and connecting. We'd love to obviously talk about sleep, but we'd like to start about one ritual that you did this morning to set you up for the day first. I went for a morning walk and it was really beautiful because this is the sun was just rising. So I saw this amazing, um, amazing orange red screen across the sky. And although I didn't walk far because I have a broken foot, as I mentioned earlier, it was still beautiful um, to see these colors and just really ground in the awakening of the day. So gorgeous. And I think I saw that this morning on my walk as well. So best thing to do. (laughs) Um, So we'd love you to start by just giving everyone a snapshot how you came to be a sleep expert. I know obviously you've gone through a lot, but we'd love to really hear more about your story. So I guess it really began when I was about 17 and I was struggling with anorexia and depression and anxiety in hospital. And then in order to overcome that, I really had to surrender to support and allow myself to heal. Otherwise I was just going to stay very, very unwell for the rest of my life. And I didn't like that vision. So eventually I stopped resisting support and accepted it. And I was able to transform my life and feel happy, feel feel free again. And after that experience, I knew that I wanted to help others through that as well, removing them from the darkness into the light and helping them when they felt helpless. So coupling that with my studies, because I knew I needed to have academics behind me, not just my own um, experience, I then studied for nine years, psychology, sleep psychology, fitness and nutrition, and started helping people in various areas. And then I noticed that my sleep clients were getting good results and I started to tell other people about it. And then everyone was coming to me from sleep. And I was like, this is interesting because for me, sleep wasn't such a problem, but I saw that it was such a problem for everyone and my combination of degrees very easily lent themselves to seeing really significant results in a short period of time and so i thought i think this is some there's something in this and then i thought about it from like a media landscape because i'd always wanted to be like the a face of some sort of holistic wellness and i thought who's a sleep expert that i would go to in the media And I thought, well, there's no one. Like, I really can't think of anyone who fills that niche. Sure, there's doctors, but I'm not trying to be a doctor and I never intended on being a doctor. But, um, you know, just a a face of 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 a wellness space. And 
I thought there's actually no one in Australia doing it really well and there's obviously a massive need for it from my from my um, client base already. And I thought, I think the universe is t- telling me that I need to go into sleep. And so I followed that path. And then um, a few months later, I was the media spokesperson for Sealy Posturopedic, you know, one of the biggest betting companies in the world. And then a few months later, I was this was the media expert for um, IKEA. And so it was very quick. It was very easy to identify what the universe wanted me to do. And um, I just really trusted that and followed that. And that was 2018. And I've really just moved on the media landscape in that same trajectory, um, you know, now working with Body and Soul on a weekly basis with my column Sleep Well Wednesdays, um, contributing to many, many articles online. I Pretty much daily I'll get a media inquiry. Hi, I'm writing this article on sleep. Can you help? I'm like, sure, no worries. <laughs> um, and, yeah, and just working on some other exciting projects as well, like my book and um, some sleep wellness programs for a few hotels worldwide. So, um, yeah, it's all, all exciting stuff and all with a view of helping helping the Australian public and the globe now, helping them sleep better. Amazing. And obviously, as you said, it's such a problem that so many people have, yet such a niche that there's no experts out there, which is wild. So we'd love to find out what are a lot of the common misconceptions that people come to you about sleep that they maybe think they know or don't realise what's actually affecting their sleep? Mm, The biggest one is the lack of awareness how detrimental screens are really for um, for our sleep health. Because basically anyone who says to me, I have a sleep problem, I say to them, okay, are you on your phone or a TV in the last two hours before bed? Nine times out of 10, they'll say yes. (laughs) And I know that they've read an article at least once in their life that has said, avoid screens before bed for at least two hours. But like there's there's this sense of like, oh, yeah, but like, is it really that bad? It's like, yes, it is 100%. So of all the things that's important in terms of sleep, you know, diet, exercise, sleep timing, um, you know, sleep length, the most important for a good quality night's sleep is to actually block out blue light before bed. Light is the main factor to control the circadian rhythm. It's the main factor to control your melatonin levels. And so if you don't block it out, you severely limit your melatonin production the more in the evening. So you don't feel tired. And then as a consequence to that, you actually produce it later in the in the evening and into the morning, which means you also wake up feeling really, really groggy. Oh. So I'd say that's probably the biggest misconception about the potency of blue light and how badly it affects sleep. Right. And so what about on your phone? You know how you can have that setting to turn off the blue light? Like, does that actually work? Yeah, all those glasses that block the blue light, do things like that actually work? So there's the 100% blue light blocking glasses that I that I really support. Um, they have the red lenses. They are definitely effective. So there, there was a study that found they reduced nighttime wakings by 66% 
There was another study that found the 100% blue light blocking glasses, that is. They help people fall asleep 78% faster. Mm. So those those glasses are extremely effective. But speaking of our misconceptions, the 100% blue light blocking glasses are not with the clear lens. Right. And they are not the blue light filter that your optometrist will put in your prescription lenses. Mm. I hear that so often and I'm like, I'm sorry to say it is not the filter that you need. So in order to be 100% blue light blocking, they need to have an orange or red tinge. They cannot, at least currently at the time of this Zoom, sorry, this podcast recording, Current science has not designed blue light blocking glasses that are 100% in a transparent lens. They block out 50% of blue light. And therefore, if you are wearing them, you are half as covered, which means that your sleep is going to be half as good as it should be. No, that's super interesting because obviously these companies out there are promoting how effective the glasses are. So it's hard to know actually what to, what to believe. And I guess 50%, like that's better than 0%, right? But definitely not as better as as good as the, the red or orange tinged ones. We definitely need to make that a new, um, a bit of a trend, right? Mm. <laughs> I, I, I'm a heavy advocate of it, definitely. <laughs> and in believe it's they're coming in May I'll have my own blue light glasses which I'm really excited about that's exciting that's really exciting awesome well we'll look out for them yes yeah for sure just also you mentioned tv so I think a lot of people kind of think blue light that's my phone that's my ipad that's my laptop but that's also your tv right yeah also your tv and also your ceiling lights so like yeah, I hear that a lot as well. People are like, oh, but I'm not on my phone. I'm just, you know, watching TV. I'm like, yes. <laughs> yeah. And you're probably watching like something really scary on Netflix that's right. like, booked and <laughs> it's not great for a good night's sleep. <laughs> right, for sure. So Liv, are you able to tell us a bit about your theory of sleep chronotypes, which you talk about in your book and sort of how it can impact our sleep? Sure. So I guess one of the key questions that I get asked is how many hours of sleep do I need? This is of great concern to many people. And I understand it would be, you know, there's so much awareness of, you know, you have to have eight hours or seven hours or nine hours or whatnot. So a sleep chronotype is looped into that because it helps you understand exactly how many hours of sleep you need. Now, essentially what a sleep chronotype is for anyone who's new to the concept is that it is a grouping for your circadian rhythm. Now this can be grouped. It sounds complicated, actually simple. If you've heard the term night owl and morning lark, that's essentially what it is. So a morning lark, somebody who likes to go to bed early, wake up early, they are in terms of chronotypes, a lion. If you are a night owl, you like to go to bed late, wake up late. In terms of chronotypes, you are a wolf. And if you are somebody who falls in the middle of those two, you are a bear. Now you like to go to bed neither early nor late and rise neither early nor late. Now how that helps us understand our sleep needs. So when you identify your chronotype, which can be really easy by taking a quiz on my website, um, which we'll share in the show notes, no worries. 
Um, essentially, a wolf needs eight hours of sleep. A bear needs nine hours of sleep or more. And a lion needs seven hours of sleep. Now, there's much more that chronotypes do indicate. For example, your typical sleep challenges. Um, bears often struggle with low energy despite sleeping the most. They often find that they wake feeling like they need more sleep. That's me. Um, yeah, I was just about to say, JJ, I see you're smiling right now. I'm wondering. If- <laughs> Definitely a bear. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so they will often struggle, you will often struggle with that 3 p.m. slump where you really just want to tap out for a while and you might be opting for caffeine, even though you know you shouldn't, but you don't have another alternative. So that's a really um, typical challenge for bears. In terms of lions, they often sleep quite lightly and find that, especially in times of stress, anxiety can limit their um, sleep throughout the evening. In terms of wolves, their sleep challenges, they simply do not sleep enough. So usually they'll find that they're not actually tired until maybe 12 or even one o'clock in the morning, but usually they need to get up by 7, 7.30. And by the time they've actually drifted off to sleep after they've been super awake in the evening, they might only get say five or six good quality hours. And so their challenge is they simply don't sleep enough. Um, And so, you know, understanding the chronotypes can help us not only understand how long we need to sleep for um, and the ideal times we should go to sleep and wake up, but also what are the predicted challenges for our sleep type and how can we mitigate them before they sabotage our sleep? Here's a short list of just some of the ugly things that can happen when you don't get enough sleep. You can't think straight. You can't remember anything. Your immune system stops working properly. You put on weight, your risk of heart attacks increases and your sex drive decreases. It's exactly the same as getting old, but here's the thing. You don't get old because a lack of sleep shortens your life. But on a positive note, No Ugly now has no ugly sleep. Full of magnesium, 1,200 milligrams of tart cherry that contains melatonin, 100% of your daily vitamin D intake, 1,000 milligrams of passionflower, chamomile, and lemon balm, everything you need to help your grandma say, you will sleep like a baby, no ugly sleep, basically the complete opposite to crack cocaine at a fraction of the price. Gorgeous. For someone who's a wolf, like, can you revert so that they have more sleep, can that be changed or if you're lying for whatever reason and you want to change that or is, or once you have it, is are you locked in kind of thing? Um, so chronotypes are determined 50% by biology and then 50% by environment. So you can definitely have a great control over your chronotype. You still might have an underlying preference, which may be evident, for example, when you go on holiday or, you know, if you um, are able to choose your own hours of work and hours of sleep, but, you know, environment has a 50% impact. So, you know, how you are interacting with your environment and that when I say environment, and that essentially means anything outside of your biology. So that could be your diet. That could be your light exposure in the evening. That could be your exercise habits. That could be your stress levels. 
all of these factors impact your bio, your environment and therefore impact your chronotype. And so, you know, if you are, for example, a wolf and you want to become a bear, although you may have the underlying preference to sleep a bit later and wake a bit later than, than others, if you moderate your light in particular, then you can shift into an earlier sleep pattern um, within within reason quite easily. Okay. And um, apart from light, are there any other sort of science-backed strategies that you recommend to your clients just to improve their quality of sleep, whether they're a lion, a bear, wolf? Yeah, definitely. So I have a signature bedtime routine that is backed by science in each of the seven steps. So that is blocking out blue light by using blue light glasses, which we shared before. Um, so that's two hours before bed at least, which will help you, according to clinical studies, fall asleep up to 78% faster. Step two is to use lavender. This helps activate the parasympathetic nervous system, which helps us feel more relaxed. Really helpful for those who struggle to switch off. Step three is disconnect from tech. This is one hour before bed because you, sorry, this is one hour. So one hour before bed, disconnect from tech. This is because there is research that shows those who are on their phone in the last hour before bed are 48% more likely to take over an hour to fall asleep. Then you've got to have a shower that is clinically proven to improve sleep quality. Um, take a magnesium-based sleep supplement. Again, really helpful for those with anxiety or who struggle to switch off. Magnesium can reduce anxiety by 31%. Reading a book is step six. That is for 20 minutes because that can reduce stress by 68%. And using an eye mask to protect, protect against that light through the evening. So that's my bedtime routine. And that's definitely a strategy I recommend for sleeping deeper, for waking up less through the night, for falling asleep faster. Um, it's an all round game changer. Yeah. And I was going to ask in terms of quality, like some people might not wake up during the night, but what do you call like quality deep sleep? How do you, how do you tell what that is? So usually you'll know if you've had quality sleep is if you wake up and you feel refreshed. You Sure, you can use uh, metrics such as, you know, data from a whip band or an aura ring or a sleep tracker, um, which can be valuable and provide great objective insights. Um, at the same time, we generally know when we've had a good night's sleep. I know this might be a, a distant memory for many listeners right now. <laughs> but when you wake up and you genuinely feel refreshed and you genuinely feel ready to start the day, that is an indication you've had a good night's sleep and you've had sufficient sleep. I know that for many that doesn't, that's in years ago, but it actually does happen. And um, I suppose for a lot of mums out there, so my daughter's two years old now, for some of us sometimes you feel like you haven't had a good night's sleep for two years. Like you, you don't remember the last time you've woken up refreshed. What would you normally recommend to your clients? Oh, a sleep retreat. <laughs> that would be so nice. <laughs> in all fairness, like, you know, in the first 12 months of of having a newborn, 
parents lose 45% of their sleep. Wow. Yeah, it's 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 really hard. Like, and I don't have kids, but I'm just from the data and I can, you know, after conversations, it's really hard. It's something that you really are going to struggle to get around unless you remove yourself from the environment and have some support. Um, I believe that we all have the capacity to, you know, enlist some sort of support, be it a friendly, friendly grandparent or, you know, some hired help um, or even just, you know, a retreat or a resort that has a nanny that can allow you to, you know, have a kid-free night and just remember what it feels like to get a good quality night's sleep. Um, That would be like my, that's like the best recommendation, but I understand, you know, going on a sleep retreat isn't a possible, you know, for everyone. And it's not like an every night solution. So what I would recommend as an every night solution is to practice that bedtime routine that we just went, went through. Mm. Now, even if your sleep is broken and it is only three hours or four hours, those three or four hours of broken sleep is going to be a much higher quality than if you were to not do those steps and simply just admit defeat and accept that you're never going to have good quality sleep. Right. Yeah, which is fair enough. Um, Okay, so talk to us about nutrition. What sort of foods should we be eating to get good quality sleep? So the best diet is one that's really high in protein because protein is responsible to make melatonin, that sleepiness hormone. Mm. Um, Omega-3 fats, that is responsible for um, regulating the production of melatonin. And then magnesium, which is the body's primary muscle relaxant. Um, So as an example of some foods that would support sleep, those rich in magnesium include pumpkin seeds, chia seeds, almonds, spinach, cashews, and soy milk. So for example, a chia pudding, great sleep supportive snack, really good in the evening as well. Um, Having spinach with your dinner, also really sleep supportive. Um, In terms of protein-rich options, I definitely recommend fish, especially fatty fish, because that also has omega-3s, which is, as I mentioned before, supportive for sleep. So fatty fish are tuna and salmon, sardines, um, all great options. And then omega-3-rich foods are your nuts, seeds, um, coconut, and avocado. So very tasty for the sleep diet. (laughs) And all just great whole foods. I feel like so many of the experts and topics we've explored always comes back to, yeah, really good whole foods at the end of the day. Yeah, completely. Um, So I recently went overseas with a group of friends and a lot of them were taking either sleeping pills or melatonin for the aeroplane. And I thought, I just don't want to, I didn't know enough about them to try anything. So I'd love to ask you your view on melatonin and sleeping pills as well. So sleeping pills um, like benzodiazepines, like temazepam and um, pharmaceuticals like that, definitely not, not what I would recommend. So essentially they sedate the body so heavily that you sleep, but you're not in a deep quality sleep. So you often wake up and you're extremely groggy 
Also, the dosage can be really difficult to ascertain what is suitable for you, so much so that road accidents are highest in the first two weeks of use for those who are using sleeping pills. Yeah, they simply don't know how much to take and they wake up in the morning, they have to get up, go to work. All of a sudden they're in an accident because they're still half asleep. It sedates the body. It dulls our reaction time. It, it makes us like a vegetable. Now this is definitely not what I'd recommend. Um, In terms of melatonin, there is great support for it and Um, For short-term use, it can be extremely beneficial and there's great evidence of its efficacy for um, shift workers to shift into a different rhythm, for jet lag um, to again shift into a different time zone. So ideally, it's best to reset the circadian rhythm, not to use as an ongoing supplement. However, there hasn't been any verified data to support the long-term use whether for or against so at the moment just the strongest data indicates that it's best to reset the circadian rhythm as in the case of jet lag and shift work yeah and what about things like hemp gummies obviously they're not legalized in australia yet but in the u.s i saw you know they were in all the health food stores and things like that yeah um i am a massive natural health advocate so things like hemp cbd oil um although cbd is somewhat legal in australia um in a similar vein mdma and medicinal mushrooms which are upcoming um to be legalized within australia so these types of medicines i haven't looked into Um, Outside CBD has quite a few clinical trials and links to the benefits for sleep that has the strongest um, evidence-based, the strongest evidence base um, and efficacy for sleep. So that would be my first recommendation. In terms of hemp gummies, I haven't really looked into too much of the research. So um, I'm sorry to say that I can't really comment a lot there but from my knowledge it works in a similar way to cbd so it would be interesting to um understand a bit more of the data there and be able to um yeah to provide more insights but at the moment a bit of no comment (laughs) and what about caffeine sort of going a bit of the opposite direction but does it affect everyone um you know, should we avoid it? What are your thoughts there? So caffeine is an interesting one because it really depends on your tolerance. So some people, for example, like a lot of Europeans, they'll have a coffee at like 8 p.m. and go to sleep at 10, which is crazy. Whereas like for me personally, if I had a coffee at at 6 a.m. in the morning, I wouldn't go to bed until 6 a.m. the next the next day. Like, it has such a strong effect on me, and so I can barely tolerate anything. Um, in terms of the actual research, most of the research says that regardless of tolerance level, for an average individual, it takes up to eight hours to detoxify and to stop it being effective in the body. So ideally, you want to stop using or stop having caffeine after 12 
Now, I'm not saying you're going to go to bed at eight o'clock, but the thing is you don't want that to still be detoxifying and ruminating in the body when you're trying to wind down. So um, caffeine essentially suppresses a sleep-wake hormone called adenosine in the body. Um, Adenosine usually promotes sleep. It builds up the longer we awake. And when you have caffeine, it blocks its action and therefore you forget that you're tired, (laughs) which is why when the caffeine wears off, you remember how tired you are, but also you're even more tired because there's more adenosine that's built up and then caffeine isn't masking its effect anymore and you realize how exhausted you are. Yeah, that's the worst feeling as well, I find, that dip afterwards. Um, And any good swaps, like obviously matcha, I've been finding is a really good one instead of the afternoon coffee. Do you have anything else that you like to recommend? Yeah, I definitely recommend a green tea as a first step down from coffee like um that's if you can't avoid caffeine in the afternoon at all because caffeine is still one third of potency in green tea um matcha i'm not exactly sure of the potency but i would assume it would be something similar to green tea because it's from my knowledge it's a green tea variety yeah so yeah, so I think it would have still about a third of the caffeine of coffee, which isn't ideal, but not as bad as coffee. So you want to go one step down, go green tea or matcha. You want to go the best step down, you would opt for something like peppermint tea because that has no caffeine. Um, but in order to get that you know, second wind, you want to have a strategy so... Um, taking a brisk walk that's been found to improve energy as much as an espresso in two clinical trials, Mm. which is really exciting. Um, So that can be a great strategy. Like it sounds really odd because when you're really fatigued, you just feel like sitting down and sleeping, but actually a brisk walk can pep you up. Um, In a similar way, peppermint has the um, menthol ingredient, so that can increase alertness as well. And taking a short 26-minute nap can improve performance by 34% as well. So um, I would be drawing upon some of those techniques instead of your afternoon coffee. And that walk, how long would you say you need to sort of get that boost again? So the trials indicate that it's 20 20 minutes. Okay, that's not bad at all. It's like your lunch yeah. break, do a lap around, you know, the block and mm, get your steps up. For sure. Um, and what about um, meditation? So at the end of the night before bed, things to like reduce your stress and anxiety. What do you think about that? Huge fan of meditation. I personally meditate every day and it has changed my life. Um, so definitely trying to fit in a 20-minute meditation in the evening would be a great way to calm an overactive mind. Um, for those who find it difficult, try a guided meditation first. There are so many apps that can support you there. Um, so alongside that bedtime routine that I recommended um, before, you know, tips to wind down easier, meditation is definitely within that. And they find that Long-term meditators have three times the amount of deep sleep compared to non-meditators, so wow. it can really long-term. Mm, that's huge. 
Nice. I'm just thinking about that bedtime routine and you mentioned reading, um, which I'm a big fan of and I'm trying to do more in my life. Do you know if a Kindle or something similar, does that have blue light? Like is that is that a no-go? That's a no-go. Sorry. Yeah, no. Okay, cool. <laughs> I suspected, but I'm just <laughs> just confirming my suspicions. It's a great question to ask because sometimes I'll I'll say, so no blue light. And I say, yeah, I'm just on my Kindle. Yeah, because it does look different, right? Like they they make it purposefully look like a page and it's not as shiny, but I guess it needs to be lit up somehow. But I've got the brightness on low. Yeah. <laughs> does it work? Oh, God, I left my Kindle in the backseat of the plane the other week. I was so upset, but now I'm not Now I'm not as upset. So there you go. <laughs> yes, <laughs> completely. Cool. Thank you so much for sharing all of that, Olivia. We are definitely on the same page when it comes to, you know, bringing everything back to basics and we're all about getting our um, community back in the kitchen and inspired to cook, you know, um, substantial, nutritious home-cooked meals. Is there um, a meal or a recipe that you can share that you've cooked in the past couple of weeks that's been a real hit with yourself? It's something really basic, but oh, it's yeah, it's it's basic, but it's it's a crowd favorite. It's my guacamole. Oh, I love guacamole. <laughs> <laughs> and given that it's you know it has avocado mm. and soy milk, it. Yeah, it's it's actually very sleep supportive. So um, thumbs up for this guacamole. I don't really know the exact measurements because I'm a bit of those uh, off the off the wall, off the cusp kind of just a bit of this, just a bit of this kind of uh, yeah. chefs. But essentially, what the what the guacamole has is avocado, um, red onion, lime, salt, pepper, chili, and then my interesting ingredient is soy milk. Mm. So soy milk makes it really creamy, which then also you can spread it easier. It goes onto corn chips easier and just makes it really, really delicious. So that is my favorite recipe right now. I was actually just thinking about cooking, well, getting some guacamole going for Sunday. We've got some people coming over, so I'll have to try your recipe. But we'll make sure we get um, all those as as exact as you can, the, the um, recipe to share with our community and we'll put it on our site. Thank you for sharing that. Liv, and thanks so much for all your wisdom and your knowledge. We learned so much about sleep. I know I certainly did and so much to implement. If people want to find out more, if they want to get your book, where should they go? Um, the best place to find me is on Instagram. If you type in Olivia Arizolo or Sleep Expert or Australia Sleep Expert, I usually come up. Um, or my website, which is oliviarizolo.com.au. Great. Thanks so much this podcast please give us a five-star review and share it with someone who you think would benefit from it we want to help as many people as possible live healthier lives this podcast is general in nature we aren't doctors or health practitioners but if this podcast has prompted something for you we really encourage you to make an appointment with your health practitioner and get advice that is tailored to you this podcast is recorded on the land of the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples.